0: PC Perspective videos and podcasts are sponsored by Be Quiet and the all new PureBase 500DX case. Featuring three PureWings 240mm fans, ARGB lighting, and USB 3.1 Gen 2 Type C connectivity, the PureBase 500DX is optimized for maximum airflow with a sleek yet elegant design. Available now in black and white.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 594, being recorded on July 15, 2020. I'm Sebastian Peak. I'm looking for a Kubernetes programmer that's have at least
2: twelve years experience. Apply it, Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrus.
3: I'm Brett Van Spruenberg.
2: Josh Jeremy didn't wins. see that news. Jeremy wins
3: that. Which that one? News,
2: IBM is looking for an experienced Kubernetes programmer, and so the guy that invented the language six years ago doesn't qualify. Yes, because they wanted 12 years.
4: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> How does Kubernetes?
2: Or, well, apparently it's it's Kyber because it's the root of cyber. Uh, I did look that one uh,
3: up
1: because I wasn't sure.
3: Nah, I want it to be Kubernetes.
1: Hey, before we get further off the rails, we have a special message. I think. I think we do.
4: It's on screen <laughs> do that's, right that's now. Pretty, That's a pretty special (laughs) mess. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Jim. (laughs) Now, the best part about that entire string, uh, that essentially is a a brand-new Gigabyte product that's coming out uh, next quarter. Oh,
1: great. It's a monitor, right? Is it one of their new monitors? Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. so it
4: would be a monitor, all right. It comes with a firearm, hence the 1911 in the first part.
1: Let's get right into it. I think everybody did it. Let's talk Threadripper. Pro, not thread ripper. Wait, wait, ripper. wait.
3: pro. Wasn't there, wasn't there a delicious lunch this week?
2: Something involved Yeah, the cream it's the
3: cheese.
0: popper.
4: Somebody trode up on it. Fried jalapenos, cream cheese, raspberry, chipotle, two patties, all on a sesame seed bun. No, I'm not sure oh. who put the sesame on that bun, but I'm telling you, it was unique and one sided. It was a good,
2: good lunch. Look at those fried jalapenos. Fried. Two patties. You must be feeling it. Uh, I don't eat for another
4: 24 hours after that. Yeah. Yeah, and there's, there's Sebastian. He is improving the flow of the entire podcast by not talking.
1: Are are we ready to continue now? I forgot about Burger of the Week. It was on the list right in front of me and I didn't I didn't think. I got thrown by that Bitcoin message. I can't no, I can't I, 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 I can't take you seriously anymore. I, I, I you should I never have taken in. me seriously to begin with. I dragged you back. Hey, four not one, not two, not three, four new ThreadRipper processors pro Threadripper Pro. Josh, what is ThreadRipper Pro? I I guess it's just another epic.
4: But a really special epic,
1: epic in disguise, as you it's said. Transformers. Transformers. Epic not in according to clock
4: speeds. Clock speeds are clock
1: speeds yeah, are different. Yeah, clock speeds are a little higher. TDPs yeah. are higher, so there you oh, go. Yeah. TDPs are higher. Yeah. Clock speeds are higher. Plus two hundred and eighty watts
2: between friends.
1: Serious cooling. And it's the what is it the the, the six twenty? What is the actual number? The 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 new. Workstation, the ThinkStation that was launched today with this is—it's the world's first. It's so basically a, P620? a partnership. Yeah, it's a partnership between AMD and Lenovo to release this product, which is a very modest-looking little desktop tower. It's not even very big. It's is it, got is the it 5 water bays on their side. No, I don't think so. Maybe it is. No, wow. But there's active cooling on the memory. I saw that but I don't know how loud this thing gets. They've managed to stuff a pretty freaking capable system into this where you can get up to 256 gigabytes of memory. That's a, that's a big thing with this, right? Because Threadripper currently on the TRX-40 platform supports up to 256 gigabytes of memory. And
4: You know, actually, that, that tower is pretty significant. I mean, it's a little skinnier than you would think, yeah. but yeah. it's tall. It's got plenty in there.
1: You know, internally, it looks like an Alienware Aurora chassis, kind of, with those four bays on the bottom towards the front, and just the way it's laid out, the power supply at the bottom hard drive bays. Anyway, if you've worked inside of a lot of OEM systems, it looks very Dell-esque. In Mm. uh, calling out differences between
3: these chips and Epic, I think the memory ceiling of, of Epic is higher. He can have more yes. total RAM. And a big difference, PCIe lanes. These 4.0, Epic 3.0, correct? Four. Oh, 100. 120. It should have 128
4: PCIe 4.0 lanes. Now, now, some OEMs may be shipping just 3.0 stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the thing. That's, yeah. that's totally a motherboard specification. But the Epic Chips, Epic chicks, no, Epic chicks. Chips. Mm-hmm. Chips. Ch-ch-ch-ch. epic kicks uh, they good support pci 4.0 yeah excellent right there way to go jim but look at that dope fault tdp 225 for the high-end epic 280 for the thread ripper pro i am real curious about the cooling on that uh on that no, lenovo
1: it's the one thing that's not pictured in any of their photos exactly. I went through exactly it's like i would like to see this in person the list price on that, by the way, starts at forty five ninety nine which I mean this is a very powerful capable workstation, and that's not outrageous, especially but I'm sure that is the only the twelve core model though, since epic starts at only twelve cores now, and I was kind of i don't know what to think about that. I was watching the excellent level one text video about this, and he was talking about the fa- Wendell was talking about the fact that because of licensing, depending on what you use, when you have to pay per core you might want to opt for the just the 12 core unit or else you're going to be paying significantly more to operate the same software than, you know, even if you wanted to buy the 24 core system, sometimes it just be, doesn't make any financial sense to do that when you're talking about a strictly a professional environment here. And that's what this is. This is not the enthusiast platform. This is a prebuilt think station. This is a pre-built system that you're probably approaching your, you know, IT boss about, or you're making a purchasing decision. But what's Interesting to me about this is that this is that AMD representation uh, of something that we if you go to actual OEMs and look through their options for a workstation, there just aren't any Threadripper options. I was looking for just anything on Dell's website, for example, that was a Threadripper powered workstation and you can get epic servers. They didn't have any Threadripper workstations at all. So this I mean, it's exclusive to Lenovo currently, I would hope that AMD would have other partners going forward so that this could be a more ubiquitous thing. But It's OEM it's, only, right?
0: Yeah, it's OEM so, only, yes, but it's you could have
1: more and more well, partners. Well, so Epic. Like Epic. and and... Uh, mm. Oh, that's true. You can't just... I mean, you can yeah. buy Epic processors on Newegg or Amazon, but hmm. you're buying a oh, super expensive know? board somewhere. I, last I checked, yeah, because I was pricing out a workstation in preparation for okay. this uh, Falcon Northwest. Because this this instantly just reminded me, uh, you know, hey, I have this Falcon Northwest system I got to get to, and it's a sixty four core Threadripper based workstation that they sell to select clients who want that level of power. This this product, this P six twenty didn't exist when they were creating this. They spec'd out their own workstation. They worked with AMD on validating the the amount of memory and the speed of the memory. And it's capped at 2666 with the 128 and 256 gigabyte configurations they use. And I know that I've I've heard it referenced. That that's why I went and watched Wendell's video about this, because he's kind of like the man when it comes to Threadripper. And he's had Threadripper systems with 128 or 256 memory running at 3200 DDR4. But it's it's dependent upon the motherboard, the memory kit. AMD officially only supports up to 2666 when you have 128 gigabytes or above. So that I'm, that was one of the things about this is looking at the specs of the new Threadripper Pro, it looks like they're actually, I don't know if I, is it, are they supporting 3200 across the board with this? Or is it, is it memory dependent? That's what the so, PR said, but they didn't specifically talk about fully populating it. Okay. And this is 8-channel. If we didn't mention this, this is 8-channel memory now, not quad-channel. And the limit per channel, what is the limit per Is it 256 per channel? Because the, the cap on this is 2 terabytes, right? Yeah. So, well, so with right. Epic, you could go above that. You can go, I think, uh, significantly higher than that with with Epic. But... Well, you could also have dual processors. Right. That's the other thing. Yep, this is single-processor only. Not that you need more processors 64 cores it's already breaking operating systems as it is so any more thoughts on red ripper pro before we move on
4: uh you know it's it's good to it's good to have pro stuff i guess you know more skews better um they're addressing more of a workstation market i think you know with with a partnership with lenovo who's a known quantity for producing pretty good stuff and pretty good high-end stuff um, they're getting their feet, uh, you know, a little bit further into that, uh, whole, uh, workstation market, which they need, uh, because the margins are nice. Uh, you start getting production guys working in Silicon Valley and, and, uh, you know, Hollywood, a lot of the VR stuff, uh, you know, having this many threads and those kind of memory pools available to them and something that costs, this amount, I mean, they're they're just they're loving it, and especially because the Epic and Threadripper Pro stuff have as good a performance as they do. Two hundred eighty watts doesn't exactly break the bank for these people. Um, they're going to be happy because they're going to be doing a lot of pre-visualization stuff. Smaller uh,
2: groups will do,
4: you know, full, you know, CGI type. Uh, Work with this and with uh, you know in con- conjunction possibly with with NVIDIA graphics cards and certainly you know it's it'd be a frame every couple of minutes but you know for you know Hollywood type uh, CGI uh, that's not bad so you know have a bunch of these and uh, you know I mean Babylon Five was was done with uh, pretty much a single PC and sure it was those, you know graphics were not great but for the time and for the money that they spent on them they were pretty fantastic but anyway uh that's that's going off into la yep. la land so uh you know having having skews like this and and they focus on on really you know high end professional workstations they're they this is one area where PCI 4.0 uh with graphics could really be a big thing maybe depending on the workload uh, it's something that they have that, of course, Intel does not yet. Nvidia is going to have a bunch of graphics cards. In fact, they already have some of their new Ampere that are PCI four point compliant that you can uh, buy for the workstation stuff. What the AM one hundred? So yeah, one uh, hundred. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's PCI four point oh. Enjoy.
3: Babylon five uh, rendering gives me an excuse to mention done on an Amiga with the Video Toaster from NewTek. So there's like one guy on uh, YouTube who will be like, "Yeah, somebody mentioned the Amiga." So, (laughs) Mm.
2: yeah. Well, I mean, some of that, at least the ship rendering, was done on K7Ms, right
3: there. Yeah, at first,
2: yeah,
3: you're right. Literally, uh,
2: Chris and Ken that did Haunted Planet, one of the for the specifically the ship animations lived upstairs when I first moved into this bloody place. That's funny to just make it even weirder. I had, a and I had no idea who around. you were pointing I, at, and we said, upstairs. "Chris and Ken." I literally upstairs. Ken, nope. the, the pale Different guy, Ken. as like he's well, like Ken three years old too. back in Babylon Five. Yeah, if even okay. He was. He was a little. No, I'm stumbling home okay. from work in a shitty mood, and Jay Michael Straczynski, Corey Doctorow, and Zenny Jardin are in the backyard. It was odd. That's funny. It, it was, me. once I realized who they were and decided to maybe be in a better mood.
4: You know what's even more amazing about that, Jeremy?
2: You've lived yeah. there that long. Yes, I hate moving with a, a passion. Like a I think most reasonable people do. And dying passion.
4: So, yeah, you've been in that house like 30 years. Not quite,
1: but damn
2: Department. close, yeah. Yeah, wow. Yep. Yeah. Mm.
1: Well, um... Damn close, too. Speaking... Speaking of moves, we're moving away from DDR4 slowly but surely. The next standard is coming. It's been va- it's been, has it been ratified? It's been announced. Yeah. Micron's DDR5 technology enablement program has been announced. I know that uh, JEDEC has announced the, the spec. The weirdest thing about this, and I'm going to give this to Jeremy, but the weirdest thing about this to me is to think that individual DIMMs are now split. There's, there's multiple bands They're multi-channel. The module, right? Yeah, yes. multi-channel DIMMs, dual-channel memory
4: you in did. a DIMM. Do you do you okay? Do you remember? Was it RAM?
2: I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. Okay,
4: uh, Via had put this out with Micron. It's called Virtual. I think it. I think it's Virtual Channel SDRAM. And basically, they they created these virtual channels to memory, and uh, you had far greater granularity in in, in data accessing. Uh Intel didn't support it. It was only really a niche, niche product. Um you could buy DIMMs, but they're only they only work with certain via chipsets. Um yeah, there you go. VCSD huh. RAM. And uh on oh, the Apollo. Pro. So inst- instead of oh. actual virtual channel, this is this is seriously 32 bit channels onto uh DIM. So you've got two channels per DIM. And, uh, again, you, you're going to increase your granularity in, in certain op- operations. But, yeah, VCSD RAM, it was, it was a really good idea, and it actually worked. There were certain workloads that it it showed some significant improvements in terms of overall performance. Uh, but, you know, for most things, it really didn't care. But something that actually took advantage of that, it, it really liked it. So, you know, if if you want some old-school reading, go look up, V C S D RAM and uh see what all the fuss was about
2: <laughs> for about a year if even. Yeah. Oh, it has got more tricks than that. Cuz yes, more I tricks. mean for for 40 bit channels two per dim is nice, but they've changed the way that they're banked. So with DDR4, you've got four bank groups each consisting of four banks. With DDR5, they've doubled that. And, you know, codependent with uh, the dual channels, I mean, all of a sudden it means that it's able to address things differently. So as where before, when you were doing a refresh on DDR4, everything but one was locked. Boom, that's it. You can't touch the rest until it's done. With DDR5, they've actually made it independent by the bank. So 75% of it is still done because just one of your modules is tied up. The rest the rest of that bank is free to be able to do everything which just you know really changes how it will interface with the system that's why they're talking about between uh you know a 50 to percent boost at the same frequency because instead of being limited the way that DDR4 was it, this is you know a fairly big change in the way that it's going to work which makes it you know really kind of exciting to see uh, concerns us a little bit about the memory because doubling the density is often going to bring up the price a little bit and you know it was back in january when they first sampled the first ones today was the the big announcement or well earlier this week with a a bunch of different companies uh, like cadence rambus renaissance that are all tied in so they're all going to be using the the micron design for ddr5 so it's a ways out but you know we've got a good idea of what it's going to be like and we've got a solid piece of hardware in the right people's hands. So it's it's not going to be that far out. It's just, you know, I'm kind of hoping that this is going to be maybe not as big as a change from SD RAM to DDR RAM, but it certainly sounds like we're going to see more of a boost than, you know, just between uh, GDR- DDR5 and GDDR6. Kind of exciting.
1: It is exciting. I wonder how long it's going to take before we start to see a consumer implementation will it be intel or amd first? two years you think it'll be two at years? least
4: yeah it's it's going to be 20 early 2022 i think we'll see the first uh, iterations of that stuff i mean they just ratified it they've got to actually get you know silicon up and running and then uh, they got to start developing uh, memory controllers that will actually take advantage of that stuff because it's all you know it's it's all a specification they need to have the engineers actually implement a a working uh, setup. Um what was the good what was, what was the guy the AMD Joe what's his name? He's 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 on the uh DDR group.
2: Oh, anybody help geez. me out here?
4: Shorter guy, curly hair, spends money like it's water. Yeah. It's good
2: to be the king Joe. <laughs> well, no not Gosh, that guy. Dang it. <laughs> Yes yeah, so I know who you're talking about, but it's been a long
4: time yeah I haven't, I haven't talked to him in, in years now, but uh,
2: it's not yeah, working he
4: still works that. at AMD and he still talks to the uh, the,
1: the memory guy anyway I'll find out <clears throat> well next story uh, was I think has already been debunked, but we can talk about it anyway. there was rumor a rumor that there was a new power connector coming for the Nvidia 30 series. I think it was a 12 pin. PCI Express as opposed to 8 or 6. And then earlier today, scrolling through Twitter about five hours ago, videocards.com posted something where they said, hey, whoever was writing news about this didn't translate the whole page because right there on the page, if you translate it into English, was all of the above is fake. I made it all up. Or no. what's that effect? So <laughs> if there is and I don't such believe a thing it was that new either. Yeah, so... The, this is a story on PC Gamer that we have linked. Or it's the the new Ampere power connection could drive gamers towards big Navi, and it you know requiring something new. This is just made up, apparently. So if you've seen this news, apparently it is uh is fake.
2: Yeah, it's Imagine actually going to
1: be a second
2: ATX power connector you're going to need.
1: <laughs> yeah, the new the new cards require two <laughs> twelve pins. In other words,
2: ATX
3: dedicated PSU. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, well, what's going to happen when twelve VO comes out? Tell me that. What's going to happen? Twelve VO power supplies. Where am I going with that?
1: I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I certainly wouldn't have a problem with multi power supply implementations, and there some be some exciting new enclosure form factors to incorporate that second power supply. We could review, and you know, do you remember back when I think it was the Radeon R nine two ninety five X. That was the dual GPU, dual GPU, yeah. Card. Wait, and what?
4: Radeon. Do you remember two?
1: the? Yes. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. R nine two ninety five. It was. It got crazy cheap for a while at the end, but I think when it came out, it was like fifteen hundred bucks or something for a single card. Yeah. Of course, Ryan and company did. We did a review where there were two of them in a system, and Ryan had to bring in. I think it was two fifteen hundred watt power supplies. The second <laughs> power supply was just for the second card. Mm-hmm. Just a crazy nutty setup. Where of course one of the ATX power supplies was shorted, so it was always on when it was plugged in. And yeah. apparently not. Am- Ampere is not going to be that power hungry. I don't know why it would be. They're going to drop to either ten nanometer or seven nanometer or something. Whether it's Samsung. Oh, here's that yeah. card. Your, your card. You yep. were talking about. Yeah. Oh, it was mm-hmm. two 1200 watt power supplies. There we go.
2: Oh yeah. Sorry, we didn't want overkill.
1: That was that. That was the No, what was seven fifty? Twelve hundred and seven fifty. All right. All right. At least I remember that this happened.
4: Two thousand watts for a system. That's yeah. That's 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 that was that whole Intel thing where they had to have the what five thousand watt cooling system, (laughs)
1: like an air conditioner. But yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And here in the states, we we don't have that incredibly robust of a power delivery on a standard household outlet either like most lighting circuits are on a 15 amp circuit maybe you might have 20 amp circuits in your house uh maybe if you wired one yourself you get into the the very extreme limits of what you can do with a, a single wall outlet when you start pushing like 15 1600 watts from a power supply so yeah we don't want that i don't think it's gonna happen no. what, what's the next story Oh, hey, before we go on. Wait, wait. Yes, gosh. Joe Macri.
4: Ah, ah there, there you was... go. Thank you. Joe Macri. Macri. I think he's still on the whole DDR symposium, whatever they call that, the working group.
2: So well, I mean AMD wants somebody on that working group. Oh yeah, and they need him.
1: So are we finally gonna get Half Life 3, Jeremy? Is that what yeah. this news
2: story is about? You're
1: not satisfied oh, no. with
2: Half Life Alex. With your well, speaking of Half Life Alex, that's that is what it is, sort of. Half Life Alex the, is Half Life Three. Those rumors are true. No, it's the final hours of Half Life Alex. So okay. it's a, it's a VR experience, which has just been released, uh, as opposed to a, a full out game. But the it, what it is, uh, and it's a it's a mere ten bucks. But you slap on your VR headset and you go through about twelve chapters of the story of Valve, and how there was going to be a half-life 2 episode 3 and it died and the the various ways that they were going to do half-life 3 um which were not great uh it, one of them was sort of a procedurally generated roguelike with story in between the fighting zones um there was another one that was going to be and you know when they first say left for dead meets half-life 2 you're thinking oh so like ravenholm because that was a lot of fun and like no no not not that not that at all uh the the final one that they were going to do was the uh, borealis uh which uh, if you notice the picture and you played through uh some of the, the second uh portal game you would recognize the reference but it was going to be a a timeline hopping thing throughout the half life universe giving you a glimpse at what happened at various times but never just giving you a ending to your story so it ain't going to happen but like there's a lot of interesting stuff there on not just the half life series but various other games that they either developed with stories behind them or that you know died horrible deaths and we never got to see and you know it's for 10 bucks 12 hour or 12 chapters uh that lets you go through a lot of the history of valve it's you know going to be relatively interesting to check out it's still not going to be half life 3 and pretty much we're, we're not going to get it at this point we pretty much know you know so never say never
1: sad. jeremy never say never because somebody someday I think we're going to get half life three. You know yeah, someday, maybe in ten years, another developer developers say, "Hey, we're yeah. going to." Well, hey, so if uh, I keep saying at, uh, we'll never at, get it, uh, it enough times,
4: yeah, but they, uh, but they had that whole thing with uh, Death Stranding, the uh, the 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 whole Half Life uh,
2: deal with yep. them. So you know, I, I think it's I have still on the happened. burner. Yeah, mm. I think there's little just walkers in, out in the Gabe's distance. going to milk it, uh, crap like that. Yeah, Gabe's just going to milk it until he dies. He's going to hang out there with George R. Martin and Patrick Rothfuss and laugh at us.
4: I know. I'm so there, disappointed. There was a
2: Patrick. a third party effort called no. project Borealis
3: project, project Borealis that uh, they were trying to extend the story on their own and, yeah. and actually do the Borealis tie in. And they, they have been working on it literally for years and they've made some uh, this, they've made some reasonable yeah. progress. Um, if it's all, it's basically volunteers. I think they collect, uh, I think they collect money to kind of pay, pay people to do what it is that they do on the side. Um, but they're making progress. Ooh, that uh, one's a on it. story. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a fuzzy head crab <laughs> <laughs> and crab with a toupee. They, they had a bit William of Shatner. A, is that you? <laughs> I think they had some playable demos. Um, but there's a lot of artwork on here. Um so this is what people who are really into the storyline and deeply technical and talented have done to try and give us a semblance of what a Half-Life 3 tie-in with the Borealis storyline
2: might have might have been so check it out if you haven't if you haven't yet I wonder if some of those are x valve people that bailed They may that have was been one basing of the it off projects there
3: Exactly. There was a guy who had left Valve who had like a fairly sizable storyline who he he eventually published it that Mm -hmm. sort of paralleled that Borealis story. I don't remember his name. Very popular dude. Uh, But he's in the he's in the video that you talked about that you were referencing the the $10 thing. He he actually appears in there, I guess, from what I read. Uh, But yeah, this is sort of taken potentially from part of his stories.
2: Good deal. Oh, I would love to see it. I hope they finish it. And so, I mean,
3: Josh, that might be as close as you get.
2: But it's not yeah, like redoing a Half-Life in uh, the Source Engine was originally a paid-for project. That was also a project of love. And if you don't have Black Mesa, you should get it. It's it's just nice.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Except Zen sucks every bit as much as it used to. It's just prettier.
3: Jump now? No, I died. Jump? Yeah, no. Jump? No. 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 You've told me. Oh, wait, that time yeah, you bit me what I, I'm falling forever I died
1: uh, something terrible happened today so you, you have, have a giant whooshing in your basement yeah, I know that been, I've been keeping myself muted because there's air conditioner noise happening, and I apologize for that, so either we can wait about ten minutes or I can just kind of power through this, but I will mute myself momentarily. just wanted to mention Twitter a terrible thing happened today, verified accounts were unable to send messages because of this, I don't, I fully don't, I don't even understand what happened. I wasn't paying attention all day until I went it was, to. It was
4: like the like, nicest fifteen, 15 minutes on Twitter that anybody ever had, because only so all the were, were, were a They 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 couldn't post. They could only retweet. It was awesome. We didn't have any. Very, Brian Shroud didn't wasn't able to post Dude. anything on Twitter. So it was it was a beautiful thing.
3: But yeah, Yeah, apparently, uh, 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 hang on. We interrupt this podcast for a special message. (laughs) Yeah. From you, our sponsor. Please stand by. Help us any way you can.
4: Yeah. Uh, But apparently, uh, uh, something in the back end uh, got uh, hacked, whether it was an employee's account that had access to kind of the big overall Twitter control panel um, or. I don't know. Some of the SMS uh, two-factor stuff got hacked in. Uh, we don't know, but uh, some of the big accounts out there: Bill Gates, Elon Musk, uh, Barack Obama. But how
2: did, could you tell if Elon Musk was hacked? Good yeah, point. I know, it's hard to Good say.
4: Point. Uh, uh, Biden, really? Joe Biden, yeah, his was yeah. was uh, done. So you know the whoever's Bitcoin, their wallet like grew by. I think they had eleven bitcoins, eleven to thirteen full bitcoins worth uh, deposited in there, and so you can do the 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 amount yourself in your head. Um but of course it's like 14, have fun tracing that <laughs> fourteen thousand
3: a bitcoin. 100, 114, 114, 000, 14.
4: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, it's it's nuts. So they made off well. Remember kids, only the smart kids use bitcoin, right? <laughs> This is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. <laughs> no, are on fried eggs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: okay. So, yeah. Twitter, It's back, though, right? Because I, I think verified accounts can, can actually tweet now, or maybe not. I know I can reply. Our PC per Twitter account is verified, but I could not post before the podcast, so I had to use my personal account. And I can, I can reply but I don't think I can actually tweet anything else, though. Mm-hmm. I, haven't tried I think Jim about.
3: has a special message you can use uh, when you next post, so yeah. keep that in mind.
2: Won't this be amusing when it happens during an actual election or some other major event? Oh, deeply amusing.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're not going to get political like here, but I wonder, I wonder if certain accounts are verified in that. Anyway, <laughs> no, no conspiracy theories here. Microsoft Flight <laughs> Simulator is coming, and it's... It's tiered. Uh, by the way, I do yeah, want to it mention... It sounds just like up. your place. I, I saw yeah, I saw it on Twitter, so it must be true, but Josh was commenting about optical media is going to be available with this, which is amazing. I'm glad oh, it's yeah. like that 12 DVDs. Operating.
0: What?
4: Yeah, yeah, it's like 12 DVDs. Let me see if I can find the... Uh, it's smaller than, um, than current it used to be. No, available on and <laughs> Microsoft Flight Simulator also available on 10 disks if you can't download the 90 gigs... So it's like a dual layer DVD. Uh, so 4.8,
2: 9.6, 10 discs. Yep. Yep. I like how they're trying to say that 90 gigs is a big game. Hmm.
4: Well, uh, Death Stranding was
2: 60. That's a
4: day one gigs. update. That's not a. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah, what's what Zerd rally, rally 2.0 yeah, was I like mean, 130 gigs. Exactly.
3: Uh, uh, Red Dead uh, is
2: closing out... That was yep, Red Final Dead.
3: But if you wait for like the Steam sale after, hey, I'm not going to buy the hot, fresh AAA right out of the gate because there's no way I'm paying sixty dollars for the game. But a year later, when it goes on sale for twenty nine or nineteen dollars, I might pick it up and all the DLC. What is a hundred gig right there? <laughs> but hey, we'll all be on fiber. Budget. You want
2: all the airports?
4: Why wouldn't? And you, you don't want to be crafted airports, individually don't-
3: handcrafted airports beautiful if you will did
1: did you see the finely tooled
3: leather case those discs come in very nice it's pretty (sighs) sexy
1: hey before we get into the craftsmanship of the the leather case what exactly is chamfered or not and what are the prices on those tiers for this the versions what are the two more than two and a lot more than two okay thank you Does it start at what, like 59, 59 and go up
2: to 89 okay.
1: and 109? Is that is that correct? I thought it was 119 for premium deluxe maybe. Yeah, more, you might uh, be right. Crazy. They just posted over this too, it's didn't they? Really I. freaking expensive. If you get premium deluxe, at least you get all the you know, you get all the stuff in theory. But, but why wouldn't there be DLC? It it looks phenomenal. I, I when I first heard about this project, I thought, "Oh, great. It's going to be Bing maps with a 3D plane superimposed over it." But <laughs> yeah, it no. looks better. It looks better than that. Yes. No, Flight Sim's got uh, a reputation to maintain. Well, you'd, you'd think that Windows has a reputation to maintain, but clearly not. Well, it does. Oh, it looks, maintains it perfectly. Well, I see. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Jeez, that's such a pretty game. It? I'm going to have to get it. That's sad. Break out the old
1: Sidewander Force Feedback Pro. If it's compatible, let's hope. Let's hope that our controllers oh, work with this new game.
3: Okay. Yeah, some of the old controllers are getting left behind. It's true. You know,
1: my it's out of frame here but my Wingman Force Logitech uh I, I promise I'm touching it. Just just out of frame here. I have a Wingman yep. Force from Logitech. It was it's the stick push the stick that pushes back and I do. <coughs> and it, it it has so much force it'll wrench itself right out of your hand. Okay, hey, d- downstairs. I've got, I've got the feedback, Cyborg though. force feedback. Yeah. They went
4: out of business. So I'm curious if um that will be Hmm. <sighs> Moment of silence. I still got their dumb one. non forced feedback is my. Uh... Hmm. You can hear that. Mm-hmm. I
1: can hear something? What are you doing down under that desk? He was playing with his joystick. Uh, that's uh, oh. that's. Uh... Oh, for God's sakes! Let me pull it Josh, out. Josh, save it for the save it for the premium
3: Patreon tier, please. Yeah, don't don't pull it out on the on the primary channel. You got to wait. Too late. It's oh a, yeah, there it there it is. Is. Oh, oh yeah. Yo, oh, a bit dusty.
4: No, Cytech, not Cyborg, Systech. There's, there's Josh's stick. And it had all the adjustable uh, you know, grip. You do a oh, no, of stuff like It was a great doohickey. Yeah, so this is my uh, this is my handbrake for uh, Dirt Rally 2.0. Now, I'm going to
3: I'm going to channel ah. Jim here and say for those on the audio version of this, that's actually Josh's, Josh's joystick. Uh, a mechanical contrivance to control on-screen avatars using a directional stick. Okay. He's I'm a cyborg
1: 20.
4: man. Yeah, and it's got a hat.
3: Switch. It's true.
4: Nope.
1: Anyway. Okay. Also, for those on the it's audio true. stream, uh, I spilled my Diet Coke, which I brilliantly put on the floor next to my foot. It's when I moved, knocked it over, and it got on a couple of things, such as this uh, Meg Z 490 Unify box, which it's okay, though. Got That waxy finish on the cardboard, so it's, it's fairly waterproof.
4: We're okay. It's fine. How about the uh, semi broken uh, panel on the main gear? What was it, main gear? <laughs>
1: Falcon Northwest. Falcon
4: Northwest,
2: Northwest. yeah. They yeah.
1: Replaced Sorry. It. Kelt, Kelt was watching my little Twitch stream <laughs> when I was trying to unbox that. And I will tell you. Oh, perfect. I, I was more nervous than I thought I was going to be because I actually had it, and I'm like, this is $11,000. This is $11,000, and I have to send it back. And then naturally I drop a side panel on the floor and break it no. Ouch. on a, on a stream with the owner of the company watching. So, but Hey, he sent me another panel. He's like, don't worry about it. That's the worst damage you do to it. Then we're doing just fine. Like, okay. Challenge accepted.
3: Exactly. Oh, Speaking of dog, dog fights, has, any, has there been any play released for uh, star Wars squadrons yet?
2: There was a something out today Wars at EA play. that I never got a chance to see.
3: It looks like the same old material that was already out, but nobody's actually really doing any playtesting on it. I thought there was going to be a no, select were... playtesters.
2: Well, so did I. What I got was that they've maintained uh, the, the trio of um, air energy management between shields, weapons, and engines. Mm-hmm. So they, they kept that, and supposedly, from I just saw it quickly uh, go by, is that they're talking about what each of the, the spaceships is good for. So oh, you know, yeah, the, I read that. Which before. we already know. But that was sort of all I saw, and I didn't see anything interesting.
3: I did one other interesting thing that I read is that they're going to keep the graphic style in uh, in the sort of 70s era of kind of like the cockpit arrangement and how they're going to draw it as if maybe it was how it was imagined in sev- in what they're calling the 70s style of original Star Wars. Whatever that means, they, they said it. I was intrigued by that.
2: Still looking forward to it.
1: Well, I'm looking forward to being disappointed. I was muted. Stop. It's going to be good. No loot boxes. They promised. I'm being, I'm being called out for my pronunciation of wingman, by the way, which I didn't. I didn't what did you see
2: your uh, Southern Heritage? Chat.
1: Yeah. A wingman. Wingman oh. Force. Wingman. Wingman. All right. Uh, hey, and this is the perfect segue to hear from this week's podcast sponsor.
0: Our sponsor this week is ExpressVPN. Now, we've talked a lot about the security and convenience features of using a VPN, but it's also important to remember another benefit of these services, privacy. When you normally browse online, your ISP sees what websites you're connected to. When enabled, security protocols like SSL and TLS may prevent your ISP from seeing the actual data you send and receive from those websites, but your ISP can still see which domains you're connecting to and when. And unfortunately, in many places, it's actually legal for your ISP to collect, store, and sell this information. And no, the incognito mode in your browser does nothing to prevent this from happening. Incognito mode only prevents a browsing history log from being stored on your local computer or device. Your ISP can still see everything. Thankfully, a high-quality, trustworthy VPN like ExpressVPN can prevent this. Because when you're connected, all of your traffic gets routed through the VPN first, protecting your privacy and preventing your ISP from seeing which sites you connect to after that initial VPN hop. And as we've mentioned before, ExpressVPN keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your traffic and never storing or logging your session data. And ExpressVPN is fast, with dozens of servers located all over the world. That means you can stay connected to ExpressVPN whenever you're online and still have a fast, transparent connection that keeps you safe and secure. That's why, even at home, it's important to use ExpressVPN. And of course, it's not just for PCs. ExpressVPN is available with easy setup on all of your devices. Desktops, laptops, smartphones, tablets, media players, game consoles, and even smart TVs. So protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired. Visit expressvpn.com slash pcper and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's EXPRESSVPN.com slash PCPER. ExpressVPN.com slash PCPER to learn more.
1: And we're back. Thank you to our podcast sponsor this week, ExpressVPN. And uh, here's that Wingman Force joystick, by the way. I brought over a stack of stuff that was on top of this. It was worth spilling my Diet Coke for because look at this. In the box, it's a very faded box, but it is actually still in the box. It push the stick that pushes back. This thing is—it was huge the best too. What is, boy? That's but it was that's, the best. That's thing. quite
2: the catchphrase.
4: Yeah, push what was the, the stick pushes back, or it Oh, spits he's unboxing out it.
1: Mm-hmm. We don't have to unbox it, but I'm just—it's—it's it's in here. Look, it's you can just see just the just tip, just just the tip of the stick there, just the head have... CD there.
2: Yep,
3: poking its head out.
1: Sure. Yep. yep, yep. But it was the best was alarm
2: just... for when your computer rebooted because you'd be oh. sitting there and all of a sudden you were <laughs> like, <laughs> what the hell was that? Oh, okay, the computer just rebooted. That's okay. Yep.
3: My Momo steering wheel used to do the same thing. All <laughs> <laughs> oh,
4: my, my steering wheels that. do that if, if if they're plugged in, which is why I keep them not plugged in.
3: Yeah. Well, well, they'll, well they'll, they'll take you to the ground. ground right off. Off
4: does bad things. <sighs> uh,
1: hey, I reviewed something made this decade this week, oh, even though I'm strong. Sure you This kind of stuff. Hey, by the way, Sidewinder 3D Pro is an excellent joystick, in case you're wondering. Hey, I've got one of those. It's behind me as well, like this everything else. This was my first else. joystick ever. When I, when I got, when we finally got a PC in the house. It was June of 1999, somewhere in there. Came home one day from work, and there was an HP Pavilion desktop in the living, in the dining room. Like, where did this come from? Apparently, my parents just went out and bought it one day at Walmart. Back when PCs finally got to, like, sub $600, they bought one. And I went out and bought this and a copy of X-Wing. Well, where so, did you plug it course. in? what, what you had, the game Did you board. have the joystick? The, it's the joystick the game board, card? Man. Of course. No, not the card. No, yeah, it was new called, enough. No, it was an AMD... A62 system with it had an integrated sound card with a joystick board. Sorry, John. Oh, you're so lucky. Hey, that computer featured 3D now technology. Not then. Now. Yeah, now. Uh, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. What are we doing here today? What are we doing? Modern day peripheral. Okay, this is kind of a throwback, though, because if we look at the next story, which is our loan review on the podcast this week, there was a product released by Corsair this week that is kind of a throwback. If you look Back in the annals of computer history about 15 years ago, the I think it was the Logitech G19 keyboard came out that had a little LCD screen on it. And I've seen these before, and I was looking around like, oh, who else has one of the, these? And I don't think any current big-name company that we're familiar with offers a keyboard with a screen on it, at least not in this form. It's kind of like uh, the concept of an Apple, what is that, Apple touchpad? On certain MacBooks, or maybe it's all MacBooks now MacBook Pros have these things just an extra touch screen to do various functions and it obviously Corsair owns Elgato now, and there's this extremely popular thing called the Stream Deck, which is this little device that has it's it's basically an lCD screen with a frame over it and buttons, and you can customize what the buttons look like because it's just an lCD screen underneath. And you can push the buttons and have it do various things. And it's extremely helpful for like switching to different scenes in like OBS. If you're streaming, you can go from camera A to camera B. You can program these for anything you want. You can have macros, shortcuts, whatever. But this kind of does that. This is a $99 device that attaches either to your keyboard or it has a little stand that it comes with to be a standalone thing on your desk somewhere. And... Like in this picture if you're watching the video, I just set it up to show me all the different things going on with my Ryzen 9 3950X processor. And package temp, load percentage, I had the the current uh CPU power so at this point it was 1.38 volts apparently, and then some fan speeds. And it's it's interesting cuz you can you can program 200 of these little screens. You can go through and just make Screens. You can invent things. You can create macros. You can have button shortcuts for games. They had a download page. It wasn't live when I when I was writing the review, but there there are, are games you can just download screens for, and so certain functions within the game are just it will appear on this little screen above your keyboard. So, and then of course they, this is an IQ product. So not only can you manage all of these functions using the IQ software, but you can uh, control IQ with it and if i haven't mentioned it because i'm terrible at this the actual product that we're talking about for audio listeners is the corsair iq nexus companion touch screen and the it's it's just like a 640 by 48 pixel i think was the actual dimensions of it lcd screen that either attaches to a compatible keyboard because it comes with these brackets in the box or you just have the standalone base. But the brackets, I will say, when you get this attached, and I attached it to our K95 Platinum XT keyboard, it's like it shipped that way. It doesn't feel like an add-on. It just it sort of clicks into place, and then it's just like it was designed with this screen all along. And then these keyboards have a USB pass-through on them, so you can do something like plug in your mouse to the back of the keyboard. This takes advantage of that pass-through, so there's just a short cable that plugs in. You can't even see it when you're done. There's still just the one cable coming off your keyboard. And you've got this screen that you can play with in software and do whatever you want with. So ultimately, I thought it was a well-executed product as far as it's interfacing with IQ and letting you do all these different things. And I could have gotten fancy with it. I just did some basic stuff. You can customize the background images. You can make your own icons if you want to. It accepts PNG and JPEG files and you just go nuts creating stuff with this thing. But it's, it's, it's $99. It's not going to be for everybody. It's not quite the same as a Stream Deck. So if you if you want something just on your desk to give you software shortcuts with buttons, that's probably still a better option. But it's just kind of an interesting product. It, it's, like I said, it's 99 bucks, so it's not gonna be an impulse buy. And then while it looks glorious in all the stock photos, and I did my best to pick the best angle when I was taking photos, when you see this thing in person, it has like TN viewing angles. So it's not an IPS panel on this thing. It's it washes out very quickly side to side or uh if you even shift a little bit vertically, it starts to wash out. So it that the quality of the panel could be better. That was my major complaint with it. It's it I it's not the fastest most responsive touchscreen. It is a capacitive touchscreen. It's fast enough. It works. I didn't have any real complaints about that. It's just the screen itself when you actually see it in person, it looks pretty low res. I mean, 48 pixels of vertical resolution is not very high. So you can kind of see some, like the text isn't real clear. It looks like the photos are out of focus, some of them, but that's about as clear as it is. Anyway, an interesting product. If if you need functionality more, than, like if you don't really care or can't see the difference in resolution with a tiny screen like that anyway, then that might not bother you. And the, the viewing angle thing is going to be kind of dependent on how you sit and how how you have the keyboard adjusted too, if you're using it on a keyboard. So when I had the the feet extended on the back of the keyboard to tilt it up more, it was easier to see the screen, for example. Check it out. uh, The Corsair IQ Nexus, which is just a cool name anyway. Uh, Companion Touchscreen. I think if the price drops a little bit, it'll be a lot more attractive. I can see this selling for like, you know, $79 in a few months and it being a little bit more uh, appealing. Any thoughts on the return of the keyboard LCD screen? It looks like sort of 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 the the ultimate flex,
3: you know, it's, you don't need this, but it is interesting, I suppose, for the right customer who just wants to flex,
2: I guess.
1: Oh, I see what you mean. Like that kind of flex.
2: Yeah, flex.
1: But the better companion was on Firefly, by the way. I just want to say that, get that out of the way. True. If, yeah. If you have a $200 keyboard already, it is kind of a flex to say, yeah, I threw a $100 screen on my keyboard. No big deal. That's it's what I'm saying. Now. Yeah. yeah. It, it, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. It's a, it's a luxury item. There's nothing wrong with that. Yes. You. That's exactly I just what, what I'm saying. want to see an OLED, just can you give me, Corsair, can you give me an OLED screen on this, please? Yeah, just they could have really more. made it really nice. They could have made it really nice.
4: Even just a pen tile. Come on.
1: Entire's <laughs> so okay for this application. I will allow it. Okay, if we don't have any more thoughts on this exciting development in keyboard accessory technology, we should move on to picks of the week. Sebastian, I, I've got your cousin here. Yes. Yeah.
4: Well, maybe oh, the Microsoft thing. Wow, that's it. That's the that's, one. That's the one. Gameport uh, baby, oh, Gameport had the, the it had the switch in the back to analog and digital. Apparently, oh, never yeah. really worked with a damn that I knew of. But yeah, I the the thing that I I didn't realize about this is the range of motion was so bad as compared to later later uh, joysticks.
3: You mean the physical stops on it? Yeah, like yeah, it, it doesn't promote. go oh,
4: yeah. cars far Oh yeah. Yeah, it's pretty tight as compared to like this Cytec which uh, it's got a good, you know, 15 degrees each way on mm-hmm. it. But boy, this was, you know, back in 1996. This is the bomb for for joysticks. Microsoft got into hardware. First yeah.
1: keyboards, then joysticks. Their Sidewinder stuff was great. Anyway. The Sidewinder wheel was amazing. I had one of those. Mm-hmm. They were so smooth. The Sidewinder force feedback wheel was amazing. I should never should have sold it. But uh, oh, and by the way, the digital I think only works with Windows. If you were a DOS gamer, if you wanted to play Descent, you had to use analog mode for Descent. Yep. And then you could play yep. Windows games with the included software. Diskette would take advantage of the digital side, but they're trying to force you onto Windows. Hey, it's Microsoft. What do you expect? Yeah. Josh, do you have a picture What was for us? what was it? hell hell
4: something? It was their Descent three D, Microsoft
1: I, Hellbender? I feel like I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember. Yes, I agree. It was, with, yeah, it was yeah. it was it was their, it was their Descent uh, competitor. Yeah.
2: What was that? Uh, gosh. Yeah, it was Hellbender, because that was the name yep. of the ship you were driving. Yeah. 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 Hellbender. But hey, the, game. the first three-axis shooter. Well, Descent, really, but. Descent. Yeah. Wow. Descent,
1: that, that if you haven't played back. Descent in a while, get it on GOG or something, and it's just the oh, hell the Bender graphics, time yeah. were great. The music, is yeah, I mean, fantastic. it was it was good for the time, but it was yeah, yeah, was terrible.
4: Look at that! You the you can even see your, you can see
3: your your hand and the joystick. Yep. Oh, Lord. I think the hand Damn. joystick moves moves more than the physical one. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, it was sort of a, know. oh, you're going a little bit to the left. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the animation's going all the way over.
3: <laughs> I think they redid Descent with uh, Modern Graphics, actually, did. a few years ago. Yeah, that's what and I'm they heard. did uh, uh, a few, what a the but, other yeah. one? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I'm talking, like, uh, what was it, like eight years ago or something They they did it? It was a while ago. But it looks yeah, a lot better, but uh,
4: they also recently did. It was always a benchmark. It was the guy on the cycles
2: underground, started with a D, maybe. Yeah, yeah descent, That's descent. Yeah, sound. it looked much better than the Microsoft one. Um, it
4: was as post-apocalyptic charged, that you went back to Earth. Um, maybe it was a D, 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 something. Yeah, I can't remember what it is. No, no. no, never mind. Oh, okay. I, I My chat. probably had out not here. any beers. Please. Nobody knows. Killing, Killing me. We'll out Killing yeah, anyway. What? Forsaken, was yes. yes. Yeah, okay, that was a suggestion oh, okay. from
2: the chat. Yep. No, doesn't
4: No, it, it had a little heart with thorns around it. Is there kind of... But they oh, redid it. Look wow. at oh, the lighting.
2: It. Yep. 90 degree field of view, are you mad? Ooh. One it's crazy 20? talk. talk. No. Just, you, that, humans are not meant to see one hundred and twenty degrees. It's it's just. It's like no. that's like lizard eyes.
1: <laughs> Chameleon. You know what? That would look great on an ultra wide monitor. It would.
2: Oh, per- curve. Crap. yep. Now that you if post you the, the like... logo in the chat, I recognize the Forsaken. Yeah, the, the, okay. the, Yeah, the pretty
4: girl in the front with the tear
2: coming down her face. Yeah, yeah. Do not forsake me. Night Dive Studios. Cool. Yeah, they
3: 1998
1: make or so. <laughs> nuts. Speaking of nuts. Crazy. Josh, do you have a pick of the week?
4: Uh, so I worked on this motherboard tonight, and it, it it's shockingly good. Uh, for 189 it's the Wi-Fi version. It's only $4 more than the non-Wi-Fi version. Uh, good VRM delivery. Decent cooling, uh, you know, good amount of uh, fan headers. It's got a little bit RGB, not too much. It's got a good backplate that got plenty of things. Uh, audio is okay, you know, for you know an X five seventy board for one eighty nine, and actually in stock, it works as advertised. Uh, it's, it's got the new uh, AegisA one point zero point zero two or whatever they call it. It's not a GSA anymore. Uh... Anyway, but anyway, it's it's got the latest and it's and it's good to go. So you know, for if you're looking for a a decent AMD board, X570, uh, it's pretty beefy. Uh, You you know, it's more bare bones than others. It doesn't have USB C front port, but other than that, it's got pretty much everything else. So nice, nice. Only has uh, two full size slots there, right? There's a lot of PCIe lanes to to go around.
3: Use anything anymore for more than one full slide PCI? Yeah, thing. I'm just I'm going through a little bit of that right now with a uh, extra SATA card. So,
4: oh well, yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to build a I'm trying to build a NAS. So, just looking at it with
1: that eye. Nice. Who's next? Jeremy is next. Am I? Back in the days
2: when. We used to be on Twitch, or, or sorry, Twit. We, we'd often be delayed by uh, This Week in Radio, which is why I never really got into software-defined radio, because it used to be annoying to sit around for 20 minutes, half an hour, waiting for them to wrap up so we could get on. Right, Josh?
4: No, it wasn't just them. It was uh, Brian Bushwood. Uh, well, that was the worst. Oh, that was the absolute worst. Yeah, uh, and especially but... when I was in chat, and I was I was complaining loudly, and I didn't realize that they were reading the chat...
2: Yeah, Brian's never really talked to me since. Uh Uh-oh. The content you provided was still better than anything Brushwood came up with.
4: Oh, poor Brian.
2: Uh, I mean, I'm trying. But, uh, yeah, so software-defined radio never really interested me. But I ran into something uh, earlier this week, which was interesting. The European Space Agency has essentially, because they're bored out of their skulls like most of the rest of the planet, how to get... Uh, slow scan TV pictures from the ISS because we're, we're coming up on a, a fairly big anniversary, which is the, the 45th uh, year since uh, the Apollo Soyuz test program kicked off. So for the next couple of weeks, the ISS is going to be transmitting uh, slow scan pictures from them to you know and it's really easy to track like uh, the page talks you through how to track where it is overhead at the time but yeah you would be able to on a variety of different uh, systems from a windows 10 straight through to a Raspberry pi set up uh just quickly a way to get pictures from the iss which is
0: pretty damn cool
2: now if you don't know what slow scan tv is i uh, uh, you didn't live through the the 80s uh because that's how the internet used to come to us, but it, it's incredibly slow. It's not going to be high def. It's it's not even really going to be moving much. But just the idea that you're getting pictures from the ISS orbiting over top and seeing what they're seeing is pretty damn freaking cool. Doesn't cost you anything but some time, and you learn something along the way. So give it a shot if you got some time, and unwillingly sorry. learn about. Uh, Sorted our radar. Uh,
4: It's another another good one. If I yeah, sorry.
2: that's a good one. You're, you're missing the E on please. That's no, that's perfect. perfect.
1: Leave it. Leave oh, it. it's please better it. than no,
2: the actual please firmware update. Please. please, yes, wait.
1: Please, please wait. Less, less, less. Oh. less. Better. Less. Uh, again, less audio wait. listeners. Big bottom apologies. boom. Apologies for two things. One, the air conditioner is running again, which is unacceptable. And two, you're missing a, some classic photoshops from soren in our discord chat so please by all means join discord don't be frightened we're mostly harmless in there no not really but now be be frightened you have thick skin you have thick skin join our discord and see amazing photoshops by soren but but don't but don't post well okay Post and and don't don't talk to jordan
4: don't don't (laughs) just don't talk to jordan
1: (laughs) that's Jordan's like a jordan is fine don't feed the animals sort of thing yeah don't don't ever try to, yeah, the, we, we try to stay away from political discussions in there, but it sometimes happens in it. Yeah. Anyway, enough of that. Uh, That's when I'll find out if I can Brad, ban all the mods.
3: Okay. What happened last two, week? You had twofer.
2: Well, no, what it's not
3: really a twofer. What happened last week is Sebastian just did a whole brag on how fast his internet service was. And uh, I had, I was seething with not rage, jealousy. Oh my gosh. I was just seething with jealousy. And what about jealous like, rage? Oh my gosh. Are you seething with jealous rage? Yeah, I think I was probably seething with a small amount of jealous rage. So then I went and I was going to make my pick and no one would believe this. So I, I, I did away with it. I was going to make my pick Comcast, but nobody would believe me. So I'm like, that's stupid that no one will believe me that I would actually pick like Comcast. Cause you know, they're generally terrible, but They actually came through and I went and virtually went into my account on Comcast and said, upgrade me to gigabit, do it now. And it happened in seconds, except that it didn't quite work. And I had to get them on the phone and back and forth. And I had a really wonderful experience with technical support at Comcast on a Sunday, of all things. And it went great. And they fixed my problem. Ultimately, though, it's about the equipment. I thought. So I'm like I'm going to pick that. So my pick this week was my modem, which is a, an Aris SB8200. And it's on sale refurb Amazon $114, new this is like $150, $160 modem and it will do on your cable gigabit plus. I'm living proof, you know, I'm not just a customer, I'm a, you know, or I'm a satisfied customer, whatever. Uh, i posted uh the next link is actually
1: that's really uh, convincing my, oh here we go here we go yeah this yeah, is this is it shots.
3: this is the real this is the real deal this is pretty good for cable uh on a comcast uh, environment you know almost uh, and i'm going through three switches and my computer uh, modem switch switch and then my computer actually to, for total uh you know packet uh beating up uh and i'm getting 919 download and 48 out or 41 out so that's not bad for cable. I
1: your, your download is faster than mine. I have I have AT and T fiber, and download has only been between like seven eight hundred consistently so far, but upload is typically about nine hundred. And that's fantastic. I mean, I guess, yeah. like I
3: said, my pick was my first idea was Comcast doesn't suck all the time, but
2: nobody would believe me. So yeah, no, we would have been looking really? for messages in your eye blinks. Exactly, if it was Morris being yeah, send out. Yeah, so I went with
3: and, then the, and that one fourteen price on the RSSB uh, eighty two hundred is extremely reasonable. If you if you're thinking about maybe moving to gigabit in the future, it's got um, multi uh, input on the back, so it'll 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 um, combine multi gigabit line in for and it'll marry them together, or it'll marry two inputs to uh, two lines from different providers together um, and distribute the traffic. It's a fantastic piece of equipment, in my opinion. Uh, it'll serve you well. And as you can see, based upon my experience, it gets damn close to advertised speeds. Yeah. Unless you're doing video, even 40 megabits up is still pretty good, even if you are doing it's it. It's pretty reasonable. Yeah. Uh, and I have to admit, Comcast advertises this this tier at 35. And I'm getting almost 42. Okay. I can't complain. Mm. Well, you can. But I can, but I, I don't have go. a reason to. I, I had a very pleasant experience. I know. Just let it go. you Get a kickback
1: for this? What's happening right now? You're recommending not, the cable company. I can't. Company. I'm. I'm. I am. Is it am it's a ten dollar uh, discount on your bill every month, Brett? Can come. No. Play. I.
3: No, and that's why you should buy your own modem. By the way, is just avoid that stupid fifteen dollar charge. Get your own Dan equipment and upgrade at your pleasure. Don't rent stuff from the cable company. For God's sakes. Don't.
1: spectrum who, who i was on until two days ago i finally canceled it they uh they roll the modem rental into the base price for the service so there's mm. no i'm sure they no do modem re- it's just yeah. 69.99 for the base internet oh, that's good so it's it's not that bad but that's what i'm paying now for fiber and i was getting 100 down and 10 up with cable so Anyway, uh, my pick is related to that because I needed some upgraded cable. I only had Cat5e in the house, and I, I didn't know if that was going to be a problem or not. It really isn't a problem, but I was going to do a longer run because my, my router and stuff are in the living room because we prioritize you know, the rest of the family having good internet and streaming TV over me downstairs, but I ran. A, uh, so my house is so small, it only took a 50-foot length, and I have extra run all the way across the ceiling down here and down and drop it to where my PC is. So 50 feet, like 23 bucks on Amazon. There's this bulk flat shielded ethernet cable that I think everybody just Oh Yeah, it's cat seven. And they, there's different brands. They slap on it. This cable geeker brand through Amazon seemed to be the best deal for what you get, which is they throw in a couple of extras They're It's just kind of nice to have actually, because it comes with the low voltage staples, like the low plastic staples.
3: Now Which wait actually a cat-
1: wider. Yeah, go ahead. Let's go
3: back to this cat seven thing again. Because mm-hmm. part yeah. of yeah. what gives cable a speed rating and is there is its resistance to EM and interference within the different pairs. And it's the, yes, twist the idea. that that actually yep. cancels that that inter EMI of interference out as it goes. And that twist rate is very highly calibrated against mm-hmm. a megahertz rating for, mm-hmm. and then eventually devolves to, you know, like how much data it can carry. How the hell are they doing that with a flat cable?
1: Well, I'm glad you asked that, Brett, because this Mike, is, mic drop. is Magic. eight wires. I, I'm reading directly from the Amazon product listing. Eight wires, four pairs, stranded copper. They are four pairs that are twisted. And then each twisted pair is shielded with aluminum foil shielding. And each, each of the conductors is supposedly a hundred percent OFC, like oxygen free copper. And then they're, they're claiming yeah, right. the megahertz capability. I don't know. Ooh. I don't know alum foil or aluminum
2: foil that makes a big difference it's 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 (laughs) aluminum
1: just let's just all I know is it was a 50 foot that was 23 bucks before I clicked on the little save 15% off coupon thing and it was even cheaper than my card so it's very cheap seems durable too it's that I I have no complaints the connectors on the end seem fine you got any uh, 90 degrees bends on there I do. do anything? Uh,
2: perfect. Perfect.
1: Kind of. I do sort of. Yeah, there's kind of a 90-degree yeah, issue when it comes down. Yeah, you don't, don't do that. It's not really 90 degrees. It's, it's, a, it's a gentle curve, Jeremy. Don't worry. I won't send pictures, though. I'm just, you have to trust me that it's, I'm not doing that.
2: Hey, she finally got I'm off sure. my pants.
1: Oh, we're talking about your kitten? Yes. Well, the one so. that literally hope, stole hope, my, hope my shorts before about. the show.
2: I had a nice shower before I went in, and I come out of the shower, and sure enough, there is Eris, the little black kitty part, on my shorts. Eris, there named until... after the
4: cable modems.
2: No. The, 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 the chaos goddess, because, well, ah, that's pretty yeah, well what she is. And yes, Eris is obviously an English modem, because they're dropping their H's.
1: Oh, I, I get what you did there. Was that an FF7 reference? Um, No, but i sure. Okay. Because, I mean, you know, there's the whole Aeris versus Erith thing with FF7. Oh, there you translated go. No, as Aeris, no. and then in all the subsequent stuff, it's Aerith. No, it remake. was more of a goddess thing and not a lisp.
3: That's very lispy of you, anyway. What, Aerith? Aerith?
1: Yeah, that. That's, that's how it's supposed to be pronounced. Aerith. Oh. Not Aeris. Anyway. <laughs> uh, if nobody has anything else... One day, sir, so, all like, oh, this be All this will be yours. Well, up. Up. Yeah, that's moving <laughs> along. I, I tell my, my son this every throwing day. Throwing
4: stuff in the background, so okay. you know. We'll no, get no, him Sebastian's
2: going to anyway. do taxes.
1: I already did. Yeah, taxes. you got uh, you got twenty four minutes it in the background. I got it. I did it. In oh, the you're background. done. While Jeremy Fantastic. was talking earlier, yes, I did.
4: Mm.
3: Nice. I wasn't Government even here tonight. Like I wasn't even here. I was replaced by a small shell script. That's
1: entire my entire presence. Government. Gotta love the gun. Well, anyway, stick around for the after show if we have one. And (laughs) until next time, thank you for watching and listening.